Do you have an idea for a business, but you don't know what the next step to take? Or do you already have a business and you're ready to level up? Is it really all about the hustle or can you have some work-life balance? On season two of Business Fluent, we talk with entrepreneurs in all stages of their journey. So you can get tips and strategies to avoid the common mistakes and leverage best practices. So you can not only grow a thriving business, but you can live your best life. All right, everybody, this is Tony Gallo, president of the Lorraine County Chamber of Commerce. I'm here with Lisa Hudson, director of the SBDC, the Small Business Development Center at Lorraine County Community College. Today, we are very honored to have Javon Terrence um, as our speaker. We're excited to talk to him. Um, our, our idea this year has been, or for this season, is to talk to a bunch of um, young entrepreneurs and what they're doing, um, what they did, and why they continue to grow. So, you know, Javon, I love your business, but, um, you know, I really don't know your story about how you ended up. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your business and, um, and kind of your journey to where you are today? So, yeah, I'm a local fashion designer here in Lorain County. Um, so my journey started in the fourth grade, actually. I started designing um, sneakers for the love of basketball. You know, my dad a really good basketball player for Lorraine City Schools. He played at Emerald King and all my uncles. He had uh, five brothers and one sister, so they all played sports. Um, my real name, last name is Simmons. So here in Lorraine, a lot of people knew the family, knew that there was sports background. So I grew up in that um, and had a love for basketball at an early age. So I kept up with sneaker design, wanting to work for Nike. Um, all through high school, actually. So I would take all my art classes, um, wanting to go to school for industrial design. I loved concept cars and sneakers and stuff like that, watching Jordan play. So after high school, and then actually in high school, I would paint people's shoes (laughs) and make money on the side um, and come up with 3D models in class um, before basketball practice we had studies uh like a study program and i would be making shoe models while everybody else was working on homework and they're like why are you making that why are you doing that but my vision was really into the future about about concepts creating things and um bringing it to life um little that i knew that it would take a turn after high school into fashion from um a stint of staying in, well, actually before that, I, a stint at Lorraine Community College as an art major. Um, so I got to learn the foundation of art, which really helped me because, you know, going forward, I design my own fabrics now. But back in the story, um, a year at LCC, I went to San Diego after that, and that's what sparked my fashion um, background. I Wanted to go to fashion school. It costed too much money. I was sleeping on my cousin's couch, um, paying him $700 <clears throat> a month to sleep on a couch. Wow. And then, you know, looking at it, I was like, this is just too much money. So I'm going to, um, you know, come back to Ohio. And then in the year 2006, I worked at Lake Screen Printing and learned a little bit of entrepreneurship entrepreneurship from Ben that owns a company and I was printing t-shirts for a year and then 
2007 rolls around, I'm like, I'm going to take a chance at being a fashion designer. So I started, it was crazy because in, in middle school, when I had home ec, it took me a month just to make a pillow. <laughs> and then the first thing I made uh, when I started teaching myself was pillows, you know, basic things. So it was pretty funny how that came full circle. So in 2007, that's when I came out as a designer and I wanted to do something that I wasn't seeing in Lorain County and I, I wasn't seeing other designers doing anything. I didn't even know other designers. So was your family support supportive of you and at, at, during this time? Because, you know, I, I can see where you're kind of on a path that not a lot of young people from Lorain are following at this point. Right. So Kind of how how did your friends and family react to you along this journey? Uh, I think my friends and my family were thrown off. Everybody knew me as a basketball player and a sneaker designer. So when I came out as a fashion designer, it was just a lot of like um, the cliche things and stereotypes that people would think like, are you gay or, you know, what type of art like fashion's not going to make it. You're not going to make money doing fashion. I literally called home when I was in um, San Diego. I had got accepted to fashion school actually downtown. And I remember calling home like, hey, I got accepted to fashion school. And they're like, okay, but you need to get a good job to make some money. Like fashion's not going to make money. So my career literally started off of uh, proving people wrong here in Lorraine which was a good fuel for me coming from a um, basketball background because I was competitive. So I put that into the business um, and wanted to prove my parents, my family, my friends wrong. So I, that's why I kind of had to take a leap of faith and do things really at a fast pace and um, on a high level. So right when I first started fashion, like I started doing shows and making clothes at a fast pace just to get my name out there. No, that's awesome because, you know, I think we see a lot of times people say, you know, people want to see someone who looks like them in a chosen field to encourage them to go in that field. And I would have to say they're probably you didn't probably see a lot of people that were young African-American straight guys in the fashion design business. So, um, you know, was it strictly kind of that? prove them wrong mentality and your love of it that pushed you forward? Oh yeah, for sure. Because I always tell interns or, or kids that are trying to get in entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, and it doesn't even have to be fashion, but you have to love whatever you're doing because I didn't even start making money till three years after I started making clothes. <laughs> yeah. Which that is typical for business owners, by the way. So yeah, I didn't even own the business. I didn't even own the name, the rights to the name. I was just kind of going in the dark and doing, you know, as the brand doing fashion shows in Cleveland and just trying to get people to know the name and me as a designer. So my mindset wasn't um, a business mindset going in, into it. It was of, you know, more of getting people to know what I was doing as a designer and just, um, I went about it the wrong way, but in, in return, um, you know, I was well known in Cleveland. So I put in that time every weekend doing fashion shows in Cleveland. Is there, uh, where, where did the name Terrence come from then? So Javon is my middle name and Terrence is a, is a nickname that my aunt, one person called me, my aunt would call <laughs> me Terrence because, um, like my childhood photo and my uncle's 
childhood photo like looked identical. So she uh, would call that was me his name. Parents, yeah. So, um, and it hit me because it was you know I had a few funky names and I knew that was not gonna sit well before I came <laughs> out with the brand um, name. But it hit me one day and I was like, I could I could show this name in Paris and around the world. And I remember saying that back in 2007 and then 2015 rolled around and I'm in Paris. So, you know, I didn't want to come out with a name that wasn't, didn't sound American, but didn't sound fashion either. So I wanted to have both of those balanced out. And, and for the listeners um, that don't know who you are, um, you've done New York, you've done Paris, you've done where else? Uh, I've done New York Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week, and LA Fashion Week. LA, okay. And you know, uh, give your website so people can check out your 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 designs. And uh, my website is www.javonterrence.com. So it's just the the designer name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got brick and mortar on Broadway and Lorraine. Yes. Yep. It is uh, my my location is owned by the Palace, which is really cool to be in the historic district here. Um, they're really good landlords, and we try to collaborate and and things like that. And I've been here five years at this location, almost 10 years on Broadway, though. Yeah, so you've really seen the resurgence of Broadway and downtown Lorraine. So for those uh, people that aren't familiar with the city of Lorraine, their downtown has really made a big turnaround, and they've done a lot of street beautification, and there's new shops and restaurants down there. And you were really one of those early adopters, so good good for you. Have um, uh, did you have any mentors along the way? Like, was there someone guiding you or that you would go to for advice on your journey? Uh, um, my cousin, we grew up together. His dad had a um, a tailoring shop for um, renting suits and stuff like that when we were younger. So I would try to pick his brain. You know, we would go out to eat sometimes and stuff like that. But as far as having a mentor that I could call on a regular basis, no. So basically, I tell my interns that my my mentor became um, <laughs> doing fashion shows in Cleveland because I learned a lot of what I didn't want to do and how I wanted to um, present my brand because I felt like there was a lot of fashion shows going on, but they weren't looking really professional. So I would watch a lot of YouTube videos and watch the, the top name brands and then just manipulate that into my brand. I think that's why the longevity of the brand has stayed pretty good because, you know, when models work with us and then when we have teams of people, they know that we're really on a high level. So it's like, don't even contact me if you're not trying to do something that's creative. Do you ever get the pull that you think you need to move to a major metro area to take your business to the next level? Or do you think you can get to where you want to be staying in Lorraine? I am an example of that. You're not going to, you don't have to move to New York or LA. I, I'm, every year I try to do more projects that continue, will continue to show other designers or on, other entrepreneurs that you do not have to move to a bigger city and this is just because of social media. Now, in the 1980s, I probably would have had to move to New York in like the 80s or 90s because there was no social media. So now you can use these resources. I still I stay in contact with people I've met, <clears throat> excuse me, in Paris 
in New York um, all the time. So now with those resources, you're just one message away from being able to collaborate with people. And, and it's in a fast pace. But yeah, back in the day, I would have probably had to move from Lorraine. No, I think that's awesome. And I think it's a lesson learned um, for a lot of small, smaller communities and people trying to launch businesses in smaller towns. The Internet opens up the world as your market and, you know, and really understanding that you can leverage those 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 tools to reach the world. And that's I mean, you know, a lot of times people complain about the Internet and, you know, um, and technology and fast moving and, you know, but there's been so many benefits and and having the world as your market is definitely one of those. So kudos to you. So when you look at at your career so far, um, is there one thing, a decision you made along the way that you say, yeah, that was really the right thing. I'm really glad I did that. Or in reverse, is there something that you did and you were like, oh my God, that was the dumbest thing I ever did? (laughs) Yeah, I got both of those. The the career changing thing for me was to to go to Paris because I was, I only had known a month before about the fashion show. The lady contacted me. She saw my clothes on, on social media and said, get ready if you want to show your collection here. And I was like, is this for real? And then it, it drove me to create, um, push the limits because I didn't want to make that trip that far and take mediocre pieces. <clears throat> so I went from making a lot of everyday wear pieces into making more red carpet pieces, which pushed me to be more detailed with the pieces. So I'm really glad, glad that I took that chance and went because I could have easily said, nah, this is too much for me. I don't want to do this. Um, and then the other thing that I would not do again is make two collections at the same time for New York Fashion Week when it was my first time showing. I make the, I made another company's pieces and they needed 16 pieces and I was showing 14 pieces. Wow. And it was, it was just like I had to close my store and it was just a crazy ordeal. But we pulled it off. It was just I would never do that again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a good learning experience. And then like for what the company paid me, it wasn't even worth it. So Javon, when you've when you've been in Paris or you've been in LA or or New York, um, have you met uh some younger uh designers that sort of blow you away that you're like, wow, she's only 15 years old or he's only, you know, 18 years old or something, something along the lines of that. I mean, you almost always have somebody who may um, you know, kind of catch your eye and say, wow, I, that's just amazing. Oh yeah. There's a, I always show respect to the designers. There's either even designers here that, um, there's a couple that went from models to being designers and, and making pieces. And I like their work a lot. Um, I try not to compare other designers work to mine. I just try to like be better than my, la- my latest collection, but there's always good designers. The thing about Paris was just funny for me to see, though. It's a different, um, like, uh, taste and fashion. It's funny because the show that I did with the lady that I did the shows with, um, her taste is more on, like, the gowns and stuff like that. So my taste is more of uh, everyday wear, and I can make gowns, but that's not my thing. So it was good to see that. And then I go to New York, and it's more of, like, my style. So... 
like going forward, if I did another Paris show, like I know what to bring and what not to bring because it's like a different market there, you know? So you mentioned earlier that when you got started, you weren't really thinking about the business side of things as your business has grown. How, how did you, how did you learn that piece of it? Like the, the kind of, I'm going to say the, the boring stuff, the, the accounting and record keeping the HR stuff, like, do you feel oh. like you you've you've incorporated that better into your business? And if so, kind of where did you pick up those skills? Yeah, I mean, I was just winging it from 2007 to 2010. The first show I got paid for was Cleveland State. They did a they invested in me as a designer, so they put up like ten thousand dollars for me to do a fashion show at Cleveland State, and I got paid five hundred dollars <laughs> to do sixty outfits. So. I would never do that right now. But um, <laughs> that's when I first started dating Mia and she brought in the business aspect, you know, um, that was in 2010. So she made me look at the brand in a different way instead of just, you know, awing people from fashion shows, you know. So ever since we started dating, she brought it, brought in that business aspect. And then two years after that was the 2012 where Lorraine, the city of Lorraine had the pop-up shop program. So I was kind of naturally went into having a store so we went out and bought business for dummies books and did a lot of research and became our own business um entrepreneurs on our on our own and learned it and learned what you know we wanted to do and what we didn't want to do like our first two years was pretty crucial um it was funny because i only had one rack of like made pieces and the whole rest of the store were printed t-shirts and I would hate it. I always would tell her, like, I want to sell my made pieces instead of just a bunch of T-shirts. And it's funny now, you know, people want to still come in and buy T-shirts. So it's like it, it teaches you what people want to buy and um, what they like. And then you get that camaraderie in, in the city. Well, that's great that you've gotten some um, support from the community, because I think, I, I think a lot of communities really do want to rally around um, the local the local business owners. So, hey, Javon, have you taken classes at Lorraine County Community College or done anything real specific, or um, you know, kind of immersed yourself into whether it's a business class or um, you know something that has has helped you along the way too? No, man. Being a designer and doing shows and and traveling, I've never I never had the time to even. <laughs> take a business class. So it was was kind of based off of putting myself around people, other designers, and just picking people's brains throughout the year and just years and just um, learning it on our own. Um, Looking things up, that's why I was saying, like, you can mold. I'm a self-taught designer on already, you know, the sewing and the designing. So then, you know, working with Mia, we just kind of did it on our own. I mean, we contacted like the urban league um in our first year or two and got little um feedback from them but like as far as taking classes and stuff like that it never happened because never at the time it was always like a consistent growing the brand growing the business and, and going forward how much do you understand the future of finance. I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform. 
where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. So if you were working um, or if a, a young designer came to you, what kind of advice would you give them? I would tell them to get into fashion if you really love it, because it's going to be a lot of long nights and a lot of stress for, um, I mean, it's a lot of fun that comes with it and, and, and excitement, but there's always that you have to meet deadlines and uh, for people that when you're making pieces and so you really got to be in it for the long run and not just in it for the hype. And yeah, you have to know business. So you have to put yourself around people or do, or you do have to find time to take the classes. The thing that, um, you know, for me, I was for seven years while my brand was out, I was working with kids at a treatment center and I did go to fashion school for like a half a year and I was running the brand. So I never had time <laughs> to even like, you know, wrap my head around taking business classes. So I just, like I said, I had to learn it on my own, but um, you got to love it and you got to be willing to put yourself out there and not be insecure. If you have the traits and skills, like just go for it. I never looked back when I started. I said, I'm going to just do this. I don't really care what family says. I don't really care what friends say because friends are going to be insecure, especially with fashion. If you're doing that on a high level. And then if you start working with celebrities and stuff like that, like people that are that are living and it sounds bad, but they're like living everyday lives, which is fine. They're working their jobs and you're living this fun life. You know, you got to have a thick skin because you that's it's going to be jealous people. Yeah. And and I, I, like you said, I mean, it's a lot of late nights. It's a lot of hard work, I, I imagine. And, you know, hopefully hopefully you're at least kind of looking out into the future you know, one of the things I think, you know, Lisa and I see on a regular basis through the chamber and through the SBDC is, is that, you know, are, are you going to be able to retire sometime? Are you going to be able to bring other people in? Are you going to be able to have that, the, your best life once you, you know, have reached all these heights and you've got, you know, you, you've, you've reached a lot and you've got a long, you know, way to go to get even higher and better. But at some point, mm -hmm. you're going to want to build that house on the lake in in uh, on East Erie or on West Erie, <laughs> and you know, be able to relax and be able to enjoy some of the uh, you know fruits of your labors too. Yeah, I mean, and and not talk to that. Talk to me about um, like a five year plan. Like I, I do want to keep bringing people on and building the team. So, but I'm I'm going to be sewing till I'm 80, 90 years old. <laughs> but I'm not going to be doing. The long nights. I have yeah. actually been kind of chiming it down year by year. I mean, I used to work eight hours, get off, run the boutique for three hours in the evening, and then stay and work on pieces for fashion shows. I'll never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was literally getting like three hours of sleep every day for five days a week. Um, so I don't do that anymore. As you get older, you get smarter as how you're going to work. So we work a lot during the day, and so I don't have to work crazy nights. But um, yeah, the, the team will keep building 
building on the internship the internship program is really good and that consists of in hopes of interns getting a job with us or them moving on for other opportunities so we try to base that as a foundation you know so what's the next um goal you're working toward like what's that next level of success is there something that you want to do that you haven't done yet um, what do I want to do that I haven't done? Um, I mean, I still want to keep working with celebrities. I feel like that's a good thing because it gets your name out there more. So that's a big goal for me is to keep getting more celebrity clients. When you look at the celebrities, is there someone you'd really love to dress? Oh, yeah. I've been trying to work a deal with trying to get Michelle Obama dressed, even though she's not first lady anymore. And She's still pretty uh, awesome. <laughs> really want to dress Beyonce and my big goal is to dress uh, LeBron before he retires. So those are my three right now. All have right. Met, so Michelle, Beyonce you... or LeBron, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> call us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been working on LeBron's stylist the last year. Like okay. I've been in contact with her, which is good. So hopefully something happens. The, the all-star game is here in Cleveland this year and I've dressed Chris Paul before. So, Okay. The players have seen my clothes. It's just about, you know, getting them, getting more, the stylist to get the pieces and get the pieces on, on them. So um, I, I just look at like being from Ohio and one of the top menswear designers in Ohio. It's like, I got to dress LeBron before he retires, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that uh, would be awesome. It seems like a natural transition. A lot of the designers sort of get into like home furnishings or furniture. I mean, do you see like, do you see like uh, uh, Javon, you know, on, on plates or Javon on, you know, uh, a, a living room couch or uh, on drapes or something along the lines of that? I'm just trying to think of, you know, what you see in the stores these days. I mean, I've been working on um, jewelry. I love jewelry. So we've been doing some some personal pieces for myself and just trying them out and seeing what people like. So like Nielsen's has made a couple custom pieces with my logo on it. Um, so we've been doing that. So hopefully jewelry would take off. Um, Fari is, is interior design and designing as a whole. I try not to bring out cause there's so many pieces alone from the brand that we have to like, put up and there's racks in the back because there's so many clothes so I try not to um do too many things we've been doing more accessories like sneakers and socks and stuff and trying to bring them on little by little like duffel bags and stuff um so down the road yes like I've had a name another name for a lingerie line that I haven't even launched and that was like five years ago that I <laughs> that I started doing logo design and stuff for so it's all about right timing. And um, even though a lot of people know about the brand here in Ohio, I still feel like I just want to keep pushing this brand first before I get into other um, design aspects. That's that's great. Well, it's been um, great to watch your business grow and, and see your pieces. And um, we're really excited to continue to be part of it. Tony, any other questions before we wrap everything up? I guess if if you had um, you know a crystal ball and you looked into the crystal ball ten years from now, mm. are there more are there more boutiques um, on Broadway? Are there more stores? Are we are we uh, you know recreating something uh, where some some competitors 
in a good way are want to be near where Javon has a has a boutique and you know kind of be the place that somebody goes to you know go shopping just like it used to be in the downtown area yeah i mean in 10 years lorraine well downtown area is gonna be pretty crazy so i'm excited for it because when i when we did the pop-up shop i made a comment in 2012 i said it's gonna take about 10 years to get the street going and i'm fine with that and next november would be the 10th year next year (laughs) so and we're already going in a good um you know going forward so i'm excited for that i want other stores down here i'm not a I don't like I said, I don't really look at it as competition. I, it's more options for people. You know, they want to see. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a Crocker Park. You're not just going for one store. You want to pop in a few stores, you know, get a top. Well, and again, I, I, I think the history that was in downtown Lorraine from Ted Jacobs and Smith and Gerhardt's and all those those stores, mm-hmm. they used to do fashion uh, shows. My, you know, my mom was a hairdresser in the store that, in, the, in the location that is Speak of the Devil. And, you know, she used to do hair for the, the women that would be in the fashion show that would be at the palace on the stage. So, you know, yeah. there is some precedent for it. And I think, you know, it's it's kind of nice to see the throwback to going mm-hmm. back that way again too. And you, you know, for people who are unfamiliar, I don't know how excited you were, but I remember seeing the pictures of it when you did a fashion show at the lighthouse. I mean, mm-hmm. again, how many people have an opportunity? Okay. You, you might be at Madison square garden or where I'm not even sure where the fashion or is that at the Met. I, I'm not sure where the, the fashion show in New York is, but you know, you are on the freaking lighthouse in, in Lake Erie. <laughs> it's funny because I did my show this summer and I, and that's I made that comment. I said, you know, I've done New York and Paris, but we brought New York and Paris here to Lorraine because I, when I did my show in Paris, it was on Champs-Élysées, right? Okay. It was at the yeah. Marriott on Champs-Élysées, but it was just a straight runway in a hotel. I'm like, mm-hmm. I've done locations here. You're talking about the Rose Garden that looked better than Paris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm just trying to bring people around to this, just that train of thought. Like when we do a lighthouse, that's like crazier than New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it is right. You know, these locations are crazy to have fashion shows at. So I do want people to experience how, like, I get the the chills when I'm thinking about these crazy ideas. <laughs> so, so yes, we're gonna keep pushing the limit. I love so it. I, yeah, I think it's great. And I didn't realize that you had a Simmons connection. I, I'm a I'm a graduate of Admiral King, too. I, and the mm-hmm. Simmons name and basketball, they went hand in hand when I was in school. I, you know, I, I graduated in 82, but, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think there was a Simmons in 82. I, I think it was maybe 79 or, or a couple of years before that, maybe 80. Yeah, I'll show you my um, dressing room here. Here's my my uh who would have thought that young basketball player would be designing for celebrity yeah boy you're not kidding yeah so what what do your friends and family say now a lot of my teammates like they're like man i do you you be in class sketching sneakers i'm like yeah i know man I, i just try to really put that into my future and make it work you know like they remember all that stuff. So when people see me out, like they, they do um, acknowledge that. So it's really cool going forward. Like, and then I, I don't hold grudges. If people is for me as an education for being a designer in Lorraine. So it's like, if people don't know it, you got to show it. So 
you know, bringing what I see in New York and Paris back here to Lorraine is really cool to do. So I really never hold grudges about that because it's always been an education anyway. Well, you know, there's always going to be naysayers, but I think your your story really speaks to following your dream and your passion, you know, can lead to success. And so that that's awesome. And I think that's good advice for young um, future entrepreneurs. And, and you're and you're homegrown and, and you're and your your city loves you. And I think they're proud of you. And I think it says a lot that you're still here and you want to make it as successful as they want you to become successful. So I think mm-hmm. the one thing the one thing that Lorraine and Lorraine County does really, really well. And, and I think cities like Lorraine and believe me, there is a Lorraine in every state, you know, uh, you know, around us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they want to see success come from, um, their residents and they don't want to be forgotten. They want, they want you to stand up there when you're receiving an award, you know, giving a shout out back to the teacher that you had, the, the, the first person who bought your first pair of te- tennis shoes or, or whatever it is, because that made a difference somewhere along the line, somebody made a difference that says, you know what, I grew up in this great community and I, and they still they still love me at, at the end of the day. So I think that says a lot about you. It says a lot about your upbringing, and it says a lot about Lorraine because that's what that's what helped form you too. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I would be in art class, and my teacher, Mr. Raffalides, he would sit down next to me talking about his trips to Paris and him spending time and speaking French, and that really stuck with me. I was like, all right, I want to do this too in the future. So. <laughs> These schools really did mold me into the person that I am. That's good. That's great to hear. You know, there's so many bad things you hear about public schools today. And and I think there's a lot of good that um, still comes out of it, especially mm-hmm. when when you've got teachers that care and um, people that care. So, yeah, that's all I got, Lisa. Javon, you got anything, any last minute uh, recommendations or anything you want to say to anybody who might be listening to us? And just keep pushing on whatever you're doing. Um, like I said, don't get discouraged because there is a lot of, you know, with social media it does come with a lot of people doing a lot of creative things, but just try to be original and be yourself and um, keep with it. Stay positive. Awesome. Though all those, we don't need anything else. Those are good closing words. Thanks yeah, so absolutely. much. Thanks, Thank Javon. You. Appreciate it. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place. The sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.